Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Mike Connolly. Hello. And Tara Connolly. Hi. And we had a great time a few minutes ago. Yes, we did. Wow. I'm feeling the love and the noise. Feeling both. Because we listened to CCCC's Love and Noise on Endorphin Factory from 1996. What a treat. Oh, my God. That's a jammer. I mean, you know, we, the way we pick what we're going to do for each episode varies. We have different methods of doing it. Sometimes it's the guests that's coming on's pick. Sometimes it, it lines up with, you know, an important date or something like that. And then sometimes it's just, you know what? We've been in a big CCCC zone. Let's do an episode on them. Yeah, this one made your recent listening. Uh, like three or four times in a row, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we were like, we might as well do it. We just keep listening to it and going back. Yeah, so here we are. And here we are. God, such a such a joy to listen to that. But as always, let's, uh, let's talk about some recent listening. Oh, Gray, yeah. Gray, what have you been listening to? A uh, couple... Tangentially related noise items. Uh, I was listening to The Moon Lay Hidden Beneath a Cloud a lot uh, over the weekend. I went on a little vacation and uh, did some recording, and my drives there were accompanied by them. They're not quite noise that we would discuss, but it's, uh, I don't know. I know we got some some other fans of that band out there. And another band that uh, Albin from Moon Lay Hidden released on his label later was uh, Novi Svet, which is just like twisted Austrian folk sung in Spanish and Italian. Uh, always known you as being a huge fan of that. Band. They are one of my favorite yep. bands. Moonlight Hidden actually might be my like desert island band. Uh, but Novi Svet is also one of my absolute favorite bands. We checked them out because of you. Yeah, they're they're good. They're weird. They're uh, and then I listened to uh, something that's a little more on the rhythmic tip, but it comes from uh, sort of the power electronics realm, which was Masca Genetics Strata on Galactoro, German label. That uh, It's House of Rafna, November Novel, it's their label. Uh, this is, I believe, a Russian project. It's part noise, part uh, sort of like the most sequenced rhythmic portions of, say, like Genocide Organ or some more of the rhythmic contemporary PE stuff, but like distilled down, very, very clean, uh, really good. And uh, this is, here we go again, <laughs> Condom, live actions one and four. <laughs> hey. it's It doesn't stop. Actually, I listen to a lot of Condom. I, I'm leaving a lot of the repeat listens off here, but <laughs> just because I'm not mentioning Eighth Pillar right now or something does not mean it hasn't been played multiple times. I'm, I don't think you can OD on Condom. I, yeah. it's, I don't think it's possible. Uh, I have been really, really into that. Um, and the live actions just sound fantastic. I mean, and, you know, a lot of our past guests have said some of the best live sets they've ever seen uh, were from Condom. So, and you, you did see him, right? I, I, we probably I, we might yeah. have even discussed this before, well, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw him in New York at the Oh, right. America That's Fest. right. We did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So cool. Um, wish I could see him again. I've been watching live performances and stuff on YouTube too. Not, not something I quite list out, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I'll also listen to, again, uh, one of the things I think might be one of the finest pieces of power electronics noise art ever released, which is Condom's How Welcome Is Death to I, who have nothing more to do but die, which came out mm. on Tesco as a deluxe LP box set and a CD issue with a very nice booklet. Uh, it's is a power electronics album about dealing with the death of watching the death of a loved one, the slow decay uh, of a human life. And it is really powerful and really good. And just 
like thematically amazing, still confrontational, still sounds like condom, uh, very uncomfortable listen, but something I can really connect with having a, you know, my father passed away uh, like a decade ago from cancer. So I, it's like that, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can identify with that record and it really, it, it uh, it hits his own and it's just a, a great record to listen to. I mean, I'm sure even if you haven't gone through that, it still sounds awesome. And then I hit the, uh, Italian zone, and I listened to a couple albums by Atrax Moore. Uh oh, maybe in the Venn diagram, he's been listed in our recent listenings like the most possibly. <laughs> it, it's you know, it's a uh, yeah. I see a lot of those memes that are like uh, first leaf on the ground, and you know, Halloween coming up. Yeah, spooky month is coming up. Watched a bunch of horror movies uh, <laughs> over the little break I took on the weekend, and man. Atrax Morg, no more. Dude, that is a bleak album. It is vicious yeah. and it's miserable. the last one, right? Excellent question. I'm, I'm, okay, it is the last one. Okay, I, yeah. I, I'm, I can say that with 99% of At least, I, at least it's the last, you know, like, I'm. Well, you know what? If he's wrong, you know who to email. If you really want to twist the knife, include Gray on that. Gray at Noise Extra. It'll be fun. But either way, I mean, wow. He almost foregoes some of the traditional synth sounds he uses for like really miserable single notes and melodies or like one savagely monotonous sound. And it's not that he hasn't done that before, but on this one it is it's just so direct and savage so is a great word. <laughs> dark. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last piece on it is just uh sounds from a porno movie with nasty synth under it. And it's and it's long and it's it really ends the record the proper way. And then I listened to one of my favorites that I had to recently rebuy because I could not find my CD, which is Paranoia on Old Europa Cafe, which just got a, a nice reissue uh, this year from Old Europa. And that one just has like some amazing tracks on it. And, and it's like amazing picture, amazing picture of him in there. I mean, photos of Marco, the old slaughter website used to have the best photos of Marco in, <laughs> in uh, all sorts of crazy predicaments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. And I, I feel the itch to do an Atrax Morg episode. Ooh, I got a feeling one's going to be coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's a nice little stack there. It's a, it's and, a good, and of course, it's an abbreviated, you know, like as always, we have you know, so much. Yeah, there's more. I mean, there's more, but I, I'm not going to sit here all day talking about what I, I mean, to. we could, though. <laughs> we <laughs> probably will after this. It's now true. You can only listen it to never, five things per week. That's, that's it. it. That's <laughs> the max. Um, what have you guys been listening well, to? Well, we. You know, took our own podcast's advice, and and of course, on the day that the uh, Ob episode was released, we listened to a lot of Ob that day. Whole lot of Ob. Yeah, we Luminous was has still been the one that's been getting played a lot. It's such an incredible one. And even if you're walking around our place, you hear, "Oh God, Luminous is so good." Every now that like Michael texts me, like, "Oh my God, Luminous is so good." Yeah, <laughs> I like those little self check ins when you're like, "Wow, this album's yeah. just great." Like I do it so much when we're listening yeah. to something awesome that I find myself doing it at home or like oh, totally. reach for the volume when I'm in the car, just like, "Oh, I got it. This one's got to get louder." Yeah, you got to announce it. Yeah, <laughs> so Sometimes good. You got to announce it. Tell yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, actually, in in the same realm. Uh, we've been listening to there's not there's not much but um, the the project Cyan oh yeah which is which is Mon Brutes and Ob's uh, collaboration there's a side um, on a gross tape that's a split with Diesel guitar 
And then there's an, there was an unreleased recording um, called setting slash another. And Oh my God, Ugh. we had that one on last night. It is just, it's the perfect blend of the ambient and the noise uh, and just the two of them together. I mean, it's such a, such a special, uh, special listening to, to listen to that project, I think. Um, and, and it was hilarious because we didn't realize where the title of that project came from until Gray, Gray called it to our it attention. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's their initials. It's yeah. their initials. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like, what is that? I don't know what that Duh. word is. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, yeah, I'm like looking it up. Like, what's the translation? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yes, absolutely incredible. So obviously, two sadly lost legends of noise, but their noise lives on, so we can listen to it forever and ever. And it's so. damn good. Yeah, it is. I mean, two titans. Yeah, right there. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and then just been in such a zone for this episode that we've been listening to a lot of related releases. Um, and the one that's so cool is Chaos of the Night, which is a collaboration between Mayuko Hino of CCCC, Eldon of Allegory Chapel Limited, Mason Jones. And Monte Cazaza. Oh, awesome. Wow, so right? I mean, dude. And it's really good. We were like, oh my God, this Eldon's is so, so good. Cool. And it is just, it's live on the radio. Endorphin Factory put out the CD. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Eldon for hooking me up with the CD. And yes, thank uh, you, Eldon. Yes. And it is just a pure noise CD. It is just, oh, it's so good. Chaos of the night, too. What a time. Yeah, I was yeah. out of the room and I ran back in and I was like, what, what is, is this? this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude. You know, it's funny. A couple nights ago, I played uh, uh, Live on the Radio on Eldon's show. Well, it's Damien Romero's show and Eldon does it some nights. So there's a weird, weird tie in there. I love that. And, and when is the show? Uh, it is midnight to 2 a.m. on, I mean, I guess technically Wednesday mornings, but Tuesday night. Uh, right. On KXLU 88.9 FM here in Los Angeles, but you can listen online. And I think some of the shows are archived. It's called Psychotechnics. And uh, it's always Eldon playing noise. He plays a ton of great stuff. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, ACL Noise, he will uh, post playlists and stuff too. You can see the kind of awesome stuff he's playing. But if you like noise and you want to listen to more noise, check out Psychotechnics. And he, he did a great uh, episode of his radio show, where he just played Merzbaugh comp track appearances. Oh yeah, so cool. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So that'd be a good. Oh, you know, if that one's archived, what a cool one to go to go check Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Um, oh, Gray did a really good job with those call letters, don't you think? He, he did yeah. fantastic. Like you could be on the radio. <laughs> that was really you, nice. You should start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a great <laughs> it's a idea. Good idea. It's guys. a really good idea. Um, and then directly leading into our episode, we've oh segue champ. Oh. Know it. <laughs> you uh, set it up. <laughs> Mayuko Hino released a solo album last year on Cold Spring called Luna Solar. Oh my God. It is incredible. It's so, I love her so much. Like yeah, after like. It's, we've been just so immersed Reading in her. and listening for this. Like she's my favorite. Oh, and, and just the, the, the album's incredible. It's sound, it's CCCC all over it. There's also like bells and, and it just goes so many different places. It's, it's organic. It's inorganic. Uh, it moves. It's so good. It's absolutely an incredible release. I encourage everyone to go check it out. And it's recent. You can get it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. very available. The, the, you can, you can uh, get 
the digital on Bandcamp. You can get the CD very easily through Cold Spring, through distros. It's it's out there. Can't recommend it enough. Actually, this one was, I haven't listened to it yet, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but this one was uh, recommended to me through our Patreon uh, by Roman Epstein, who's, oh, no one, way. Of our, who's one of our patrons. Oh, thanks, yeah, Roman. He sent me a nice list of uh, like recommended listening stuff that oh, there you he's go. been checking out. And this was in the list. So it's that's so a good. We love it too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Triple, triple. Triple recommendation. <laughs> and so I'm going to I'm gonna take it. I'm going to give it a yes. listen. Maybe yes. even uh, tonight, tomorrow. I absolutely recommend you and everyone else do that. Also, Tara and I have a to-do list for some recent listening because we've got a couple new killer CDs that admittedly we have not cracked open yet. It's our future listening list. It is our future listening. Oh, what's this? Oh, well, a couple CDs on chondritic sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And an LP. And an LP. That's right. right. Great. Home to noise artists for over 17 years. Hey! (laughs) I've heard that before somewhere. Yeah, sounds familiar. Um, Great. What'd you just put out? Uh, Thanks for asking, Mike. Uh, I just put out a Liebestad CD, which is a collection of his first two cassettes that were self-released, remastered by Will Killingsworth. comes in a six-panel digipack. Uh, just excellent, unique, interesting power electronics uh, of the highest order. I'm very Ooh. excited. I, you know, I did a 12-inch a couple years ago for this project, and now we've got a nice CD that's... Uh, None of the materials from the 12 inch, so it's all all uh, other material. If you don't have the tapes, I suggest checking it out. And I finally released Anarch Peak Vitarium CD, which is myself and Roger Stella. Uh, Roger plays theremin, and I play synthesizers and scrap metal pieces and all the effects. And it was recorded in a basement about 10 years ago, waiting for the right artwork. Uh, it's supposed to be released a few times and it never came to fruition. And the artwork's good now. Well, the artwork is done by y'all's longtime friend, Robert Beatty. Yeah, it looks so good. So he can put that on his resume next to Kesha and the Flaming Lips <laughs> yeah, and yeah. The New Yorker magazine. Yeah, and- I think that's, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. being in our wedding. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hooray, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hooray. Hooray, you can add that one to your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Robert, for the awesome cover. Right, it's a... Uh, Sci-fi noise inspired by like classic 60s sci-fi pulps, uh, which Roger and myself both love and we have spent a lot of time talking about books and recommending books and book shopping together when we get to hang out. So this is uh, this is that. And then uh, with in cooperation with Total Black over in Berlin, I released the new Oil Thief LP, The Colony, which Ooh. is my good buddy Lee, uh, whom I play in a project called Fairlight Empress with that. Doesn't really have much released yet, but some stuff coming. And it is just this like perfect blend of pop sensibility in mixed with industrial techno noise. I don't I don't know. He likes feedback and harsh noise as much as he likes heavy beats and vocals. So I think uh, recommended if you like Nine Inch Nails and Prurient. <laughs> Hey, we like those. <laughs> like them. And wish they were the same band. <laughs> check, check. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. You guys, uh, you got to get to that listening quick because you're going out on the road soon, huh? We are. We are. Tara and I are hitting the road. Uh, Clay Rendering is doing a little Western, West Coast. Westerly desert, area. Westerly tour. Uh, Mid-October. We're kicking it off in Phoenix, October 17th. 
And uh, we're doing Albuquerque on the 18th. Oh, Den- as, as Clay Rendering. Uh, yes, as Clay Rendering. Not just as like Tara and Mike yeah, yeah, hanging yeah. out in your town. <laughs> um, so the 17th in Phoenix, 18th in Albuquerque, 19th in Denver, 22nd in Portland, 23rd in Seattle. We hope it's currently the one that's being nailed down. Hey, Seattle people. Hook it up. Let's hang out. And then uh, the hometown area. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the twenty fifth in Oakland. Uh, so it's it's a uh, it's gonna be a nice little tour. So come on out, say hi. Let's talk noise. Mike and, just uh, did we'll that off the top of his head. That was so impressive. This has been in my That's head crazy. for months. So it's, it's when you're it's, booking a tour, it's, it's literally the only <laughs> thing in my head. It's this and like the picture of of CCCC in the middle of the Love and Noise booklet that we are about to talk about. C C C C. <laughs> Cosmic Coincidence Control, Control Center. Center. Yeah, that's the, the the most. That seems to be the most used. You know what it does stand for, but they of course you you say use it for other things. Sometimes there's they the uh, play around was it, com- with us, it. Community Center Cyber Crash is the live in Pittsburgh LP. Couple of things, but Cosmic Coincidence Control Center is what I think of it stand yeah. for. I and mean, we all need to do a disclaimer because we are. A bit nervous about saying too many C's or too few C's. Yeah. So um, we've been practicing on different styles of C C C C or C C C C. That's a weird. That was one. a good one. It was a Morse code. That one. <laughs> to me, it's just C That was good. That had a good cadence. That had a good cadence. I think graded it the best. Well, okay. Well, I'm just going to count. To <laughs> I'm four. not worried. No fear here. Uh, oh yeah. Well. Yeah, but I also edit this. I can drop a, an extra C or cut one off. Let's see where that hubris gets you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to get me to saying C C C C correct every time. Because <laughs> I've always felt when we discuss this band that Gray and Mike say too many C's. Whoa. Uh, kind of throwing. I know. Just the judgment down. Yeah, that just throwing crazy. the judgments right at us. I can't. I can't imagine ever saying five. I might have done three. At I some point probably in the past. have said like six or seven. <laughs> I do for too sure. few. I stop at three and I don't go forward. It's it's a mess. <laughs> there was an episode of ours earlier. Where I had to cut the dead space between a, a fourth C that was remembered partway through. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, a little behind the scenes. <laughs> little behind the scenes. It's like that's not that's too long on that fourth C there. Pulling back that curtain. <laughs> Guys, Love how and- awesome was this CD? Love and noise. It, Ah, I'm stuttering now. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, just a great listen. It's so just psychedelic nasty noise split into three tracks so we've got the first piece go to the other side we've got the second piece deeper than core and the third piece i wish what great titles and i mean i love i love that it's just called love and noise it's such a strange title love not a word that especially around this time not really used much in noise kind of like we were discussed you know like noise forest i love i love when they use these words that aren't all that aren't generally associated with it and and with cccc it's so she's you know and obviously mayuko hino really the Leader, you know, in, in my at least in my I would say she is the kind of head of CCCC. That's kind of at least who I think of when I think of them. Also, you have Hiroshi Astro, Hiroshi Hasegawa, Hasegawa, who is who you know who also does Astro, and and previously Mortal Vision had takes yes, on gross, yeah. and, absolutely. Yeah. And then a unique thing with this band is they have a bass player. I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I've heard CCCC. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't believe you. It I want to see the bass. It is crazy. It is crazy. Whatever he's doing with the bass is so unbass like. It's so incredible. And then, and then up until this CD, he's not. This is actually the first release that he's not on. Uh, Fumio uh, Kosakai of Incapacitance was in the band up until this this album. So another great unique thing about them, it, you know, a four piece, a three piece. I love multiple member noise projects because that is i mean how many times do you see a noise project that is four people almost almost, almost ne- never. never yeah three is pretty rare yeah i mean I, I four i can think of three and four you know i can think of geography of hell i've seen them with four and seen them with three as well oh that's true or wait it's always been four it's four, four. yeah it's yeah, always yeah. four um, and, but other than that, you, it's a very rare thing. Uh, when we saw skin crime for the first time, I saw geography of hell with three people. Okay. So I saw him, uh-huh. we saw him with four as well then. Okay. So yes, you saw him with three. So they've done three and four, but with the first time we saw skin crime, it was three. Chris Goudreau of, of sickness was in it. But again, it's a rarity to have these multiple member noise projects. And I think that's one thing that sets them apart. And you know, this, I, th- I think Fumio in the, in the liner notes for the, uh, CCCC early works uh, CD box set put up by no fun. He, he, he does a great line. It's basically an essay on them. And he, you know, he refers to this CD as profound psychedelic noise. And I think, I mean, he says psychedelic cosmic and erotic. I think yeah. that sums him up. Right? I mean, really brings it down. He also mentions, well, it's it's funny. This there's a there's a part that leads in. So he mentioned he talks about the uh, size of the band actually in this way too. But before that, he says, first of all, I must mention the importance of the bass parts by Nagakubo in this band. The style of this band is sometimes pointed out as very unique in the noise scene. I have to admit that noise creators tend to form their unit with small members, two or maybe one. I believe the reason is that noise is often used as a method for materializing some concept of an individual person. And with the use of cheap and compact instruments, one or two members can handle various sounds simultaneously and even orchestration becomes possible. Let's think of a larger group which is formed to realize a specific concept. The more members it has, the more differences of opinion that exist among its members. And as time goes by, alienation arises and makes the realization of members' concepts difficult. Yeah, and and I think that's totally true. And I think, think, but also that might be what can lead to great ideas, you know, like where Fumia well put. Yeah. And, and great ideas where there, you do have four different ideas about what they want the, the project to be. And then it creates something that maybe not the four of them could have thought of individually, but then it be, creates this amazing thing, this amazing other thing. Right. And I think, you know, they really embody this and, you know, also, so this this one just stands out in a lot of ways to me. I was really excited to do this one because up until this up until this release as well, um, Akafumi of Obe designed their stu- their records, and they have a very you know they look they have that look they have that clean gross look to them, uh, even though they would generally put their stuff out on their own Endorphin Factory label. But Akafumi d- did a lot of design for Endorphin Factory as well. This one is completely different than all that. I oh think, yeah. What, Tara, what did looks, you say? It's your it just, favorite. It just looks like a new age album. What did like you say? I this is your favorite new age album. Oh yeah, it's my favorite new age album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it does. And, and and there is, you know, this came out in 1996. So there is some early use of Photoshop. There is about every single font that maybe existed up <laughs> in that time is used on this CD. 
Uh, <laughs> but I kind of love that. Oh, now. and then I even down the, to like the, the the pastel front, yellow letters, red back. Yeah, pink and reds. I, and, and then and then the middle is just that amazing photo where oh. Mayuko is just looking like angelic, like open arms. Like, she's yeah. in the middle yeah. and she's, you know, got her theorem and she's got her arms stretched out and they're on either side of her. And it's just like, yes, that's what, that's what this CD is to me is that picture, that, that picture in the, in the booklet is that's what they look like while they're making this CD. And then in the CD tray, you have another strange thing. This CD is dedicated to Manson and Beausoleil. And the, when you pick <laughs> yeah, up the CD, yeah. it says dedicated to Manson and Beausoleil. Another another strange mix in, especially in Japanese noise to me. Yeah. But again, that's also the love and noise in a way, because it's like Manson and Beausoleil, you know, in a way represent the like the dark, the darkness of the 60s and the hippies, et cetera. And, and when you have something like love and noise juxtaposed together, it's, you know, this light and dark kind of working together. And so they were slippies, not hippies. Abs- they were absolutely. And I think, and so I, th- I love that just co- this combination of all this dark psychedelic, you know, cosmic psychedelic noise, uh, it, you know, and, 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 and Mayuko brings the, you know, kind of that brings it all together in this just way. That's so unique to them. It's, it's all unexpected. Like every turn, every, every look, every turn, every listen, it's unexpected. You get it right from the beginning with the, uh, like sci-fi theremin opening and just this, what sounds like a space sounds like huge, just a huge empty space with just full of sound and reverb and this theremin just, just going I'm like, moving all around, just traveling. And it's, you know, it's go to the other side. And I'm reminded of a uh, like sundial other way out, like heavy, you know, psych rock kind of stuff. And it, it brings that vibe to it of like psych rock without the rock. It's definitely going for the psychedelic cosmic aspect. It feels like you're there in space with them. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and it's like not crushing, but it's still full. Kind of like what you're saying. It's like, it, it is full and it is, it fills up everything, but it's not, it's not cr- like crushing. Oh, and go to the other side. Those high ends were painful. Like I, I thought they were pretty punishing. <laughs> it was like a wailing siren. And I was like, is this, is this Mayuko screaming? Cause I know she's contributed vocals. Like, um, and it was very, again, it wasn't, um, violent, but it was certainly like, uh, just the high ends were painful. The, to me, the high ends just kind of just ushering the journey along. Actually, they weren't. And maybe that's maybe, maybe that's just my ears. Maybe my ears are just that damaged and dull. But it wasn't actually. I didn't. I didn't find them to be that painful. I would I, ask Gray, but I think he's in the same boat as uh, you. What? <laughs> but yeah, but I love those parts, and and to me, those are in my mind that was maybe theremin. But again, you kind again, you just don't know really what everyone's exactly doing because because when you have that when you have bass and there's you there's no discernible sound of a bass guitar everything's out the window so i just don't know what anyone's doing there is some bass carrying the piece through about half of it though i mean like not not any sort of identifiable bass guitar but bass you know low end lower end noise it's still not on the like heavy bottom churning sort of like more modern style of noise we know with just like a heavy bass crunch and whatever that's not that's not there 
Uh, but it lends to sort of the airy psychedelia of it in that way where it doesn't feel like it's rooted down. It feels like you're, I, I actually thought while we were listening to it, ladies and gentlemen, we were floating in space. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Actually just, I was like, that's really <laughs> sums really, up like what the vibe of this piece is. Oh yeah. And it, and it, yeah, oh, God. Yeah. It just sets the tone for this. You just know you're in for like a great hour of noise, but and it's going to be so yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna take you to some different places that other noise CDs aren't gonna take you to. And like the first two tracks didn't have a ton of movement. I mean, they had some, but but nothing like I wish. Like the first two were like um, nothing like I wish. The title of the song. Oh, not, exactly. <laughs> the track not, not I wish. State, yeah. <laughs> See, I guess I uh, when I hear theremin, I feel movement just because of the way it's played oh. by. Because it is so much movement being sort of played. Everyone but Roger Stella. <laughs> but I but I also think of but I but I do kind of I do agree with Tara. I think in general, I think of CCCC as as like these these over overall swaths of noise that maybe don't they don't have as many parts, but that's not the point either. It should be this you know, galactic black space, black light, other side of the black light world kind of sound. And that's what I get when I, that's, that's what I get out of listening to them. Ooh, Not other only in side this, of but the I'm, black light world. Ooh. That's where we, that's where I went in the city. <laughs> okay. I wasn't get. I mean, yeah, you said black space for a second and I wasn't getting that. I am getting light. This, this is a purple tinted, a light blue, a pastel space. This right. Is right. A, right. You know, you, uh, yeah. 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 I, I see that. Yeah. This is a, a different sort of journey and go to the other side at some point the bass drops out and it feels like you're in some new like empty space wasteland and i i really i was like we've arrived yeah the last couple of minutes of that you're like oh, oh here we are we're here they took us to the other side now we're ready to actually begin this sort of uh exploration of where we are and, and deeper than core where do we go oh <laughs> dude <laughs> deeper than core now that just starts off with full solar flare blast. It's a mega static overload. And all these like weird tones start creeping in under it too, where it's like it's some of its feedback, some of it's maybe synth, and it's just so cool. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's like uh it's like the magnetosphere or like cosmic solar radiation, solar winds, and oh. just like pounding pounding drone oh yeah i know solar winds solar flares just stars just bursting bursts and, of shifting oh, psychedelia everywhere yes. on, you know, on this one all it's it's really like a you know fireworks level explosion of different colors all around you when you're listening to it you can you can feel and hear it and it's so cool oh, it's so guys i'm not the segway champ so um <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of the vibes of this album, nice. that was pretty good. That was good. Uh, thank I, yeah, you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, so we have this uh, issue of Banana Fish, and Bana they Banana Fish number eight. I don't have this one. I'm this is a way jealous right now. This is the earliest issue that we have, and it. we're being very careful. With yeah, it. yeah. Well, you have the one through four book. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, this is the earliest yes. standalone yeah, yeah. issue yes. we have. But um, interviews with Masana. Evil Moisture and Mayuko Hino. Ooh. And the Mayuko interview is maybe one of the coolest, most inspiring interviews we've read all year. I, I keep reading it. It's so fun. She's so insightful. Um, really like gives a lot of information and insight uh 
in exactly the way you want to hear it. So I'm pretty sure Mike's just been looking at the photos. <laughs> oh no, they're they're cool. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the interviewer asked, "Does CC CC practice or rehearse?" And Mayuko says, "At first, we did. Since I came from Buto, we always had like a spiritual check before performing. I wanted to confirm these states of mind before CCCC played. If you've been screwing up a lot, your sound will also screw up. With four people making sound and at the pace of one live show per month." It's come to be each person's responsibility to perform his or her frame of mind and way of living during the previous month. Practice gradually became unimportant. Once a month is enough to know. Wow. Dude, Tara, read that line again. The oh, line it's that my we, favorite. We, 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 we keep Tara repeating it. Tara and I have been it. repeating this line. I think this is a line that everyone can take and apply into their own lives. It's so profound. If you've been screwing up a lot, your sound will also screw up. If you've been screwing up a lot in your life... Your sound will screw up too. How incredible is that? And I think that is so true. And I think that's so, she just nails it. And, and I love that that's her philosophy. But about, I like the idea of her like, like actually representing where you are in that time and space. So like, yeah, if you are screwing up, then screw up a lot in your music. Like represent yourself well because, you know. See, and, and that's kind of is how you took it. See, yeah. I took it as differently. I said, yeah. if you're if you're screwing up in your life, your sound's going to screw up, a.k.a. it's going to suck. That's what I kind of took that sentence as. But again, what's so great is you can take it a lot of different ways. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, that this this interview is incredible. We're, we're of course, going to be referencing it uh, throughout this episode. But I do think that's true. Like The way this band is, it's these individuals creating this thing, and it's whatever... You know, what they bring to it is so yeah. different and individual and unique, and it creates this group sound. I think the overarching thing that her message was was personal authenticity in terms of like, so yeah, so that's fine. You've been screwing up a lot? Make screw up noise. That's great. Maybe Maybe that speaks to somebody out there. With this track with and with this album with Kosa Kaigan and with this track, it's funny because that in some way almost makes some sense because now they're, they're missing an element of the band and this piece starts to feel like everything is simultaneously shattering and being smashed together at the same time. Like I really had this, this dual sensation of being pulled in a million directions and being just compressed by tons of pressure happening to me at the same time. It was really an interesting kind of visual and feeling to get while listening to this. I really got one thing. Uh, Tara and I always talk about is when you when you get a get a really good night's sleep. We say the brain garbage men came and scooped out all the your brain gunk and your oh, brain yeah. junk and your brain garbage. <laughs> so it's like when you get that you know when you do feel rest and you kind of feel like you've organized some thoughts, some maybe something's been bothering you, and you get that good night and you're kind of like, oh okay, kind of organize again. This track. Was like the brain garbage men like <laughs> scooping out my brain because I felt so like, oh, like it, it was like organizing things in my brain and like, like, I don't know, in, in such a great way. I, I wrote down lifting and submerged because it does if it almost feels like mm -hmm. descending from the bottom of the ocean towards the light or something or ascending from the bottom of the ocean towards the light where you're you're heading up, but there's still this sort of underwater pressure, kind of like murky vibe to it. And it, it felt at odds with itself in the most perfect way. And the easiest way I can sum up deeper than core as a track is in two words, astral chaos. Oh, oh perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, you nailed it. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, and, and 
you know, and this is something that they would, you know, these this astral idea and these co- the co- idea of the cosmos and the cosmic is something they would explore throughout their whole, throughout all their work. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's important to kind of understand where Mayuko came from and kind of her play, her role in noise and her role in, 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 in CCCC. She was an actress uh, leading up to, for, for a long time in what is referred to as pink films. And, and it was, it was a Japanese uh, style of film that was, it, it was erotic films. It was, it was, it wasn't pornography. They didn't actually, there wasn't, there were plots it, yeah, and, and, and it was entertaining and it was done artfully. It's sort of the films that in Videodrome that uh, Max Wren is trying to buy in the beginning when he's buying the like <laughs> some kind of softcore Japanese, like uh, very, you know, very, very mild sort of pornography. It's it's sort of more that stuff where it is pornographic, but its focus was on being a movie and ha- and having high production value yes. and looking and, nice. And artistic. And, and there is no um, actual. Yeah, there's no actual sex being filmed on on film, you know, so, and so she did, I mean, for six years, I mean, she did a ton of these and then, and she was very well known. So even in the early, you kind of seen the early ads for endorphin factor, early things on CCCC, it, it you know, it's kind of like Maiko Hino actor, you know, it is, she was known in Japan at the time. So it was very, and she also did Buto dance, like performance, um, art dancing in a specific style. Yeah. And she brought all that, to CCCC, which uh, is something else just makes them so unique and so their own thing. Well, and once we're done talking about this awesome record, we're going to sit down and watch Mayuko Hino's performance at Club Fuck LA, which is her doing a live bondage and wax performance while Astro just annihilates a synth yeah. behind her. It's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, and she would do that you know, in CCCC performances as well, candle wax stuff tied up. She would do it in other, um, uh, you know, with other projects and with other collaborators and stuff like that. But, you know, and And when I think of a CCCC performance, uh, I do think of her primarily because it's probably like my first exposure. Oh yeah, totally. And the, the way she describes noise and relating it to S and M and bondage and stuff is so, again, it's just so, it's so cool. Uh, in the, so in the banana fish article, she discusses performing in, uh, with mortal vision, um, at a, at a live performance and she's doing an, she's doing an S and M performance, uh, uh, during the live set. And so this is what she says about it. At the mortal vision show, my legs were tied together and I was hung upside down by my ankles. Of course, it really hurts at first, but you soon go beyond pain and get a surge of endorphins. Memory disappears and the sensation in the leg stops. It feels great. Being tied up for a long time in any position hurts your muscles, but you go beyond the pain and into pleasure. Noise is the same. At first, it's too loud and your ears get weird, but there's no stimulus or input. But you put up with it for long enough and the endorphins begin to come out. I mean, dude, she's going to the other side. That's she that's incredible way of putting it she's the endorphin factory she is the endorphin factory but what a <laughs> but what a i mean just what a great way of thinking about noise where it's like at first you know you know, you know it's it's this thing but then you just kind of let go and give yourself into it and you can find these great ideas and these great feelings and these great endorphins and i mean i think she just nails it with that i wish <laughs> <laughs> i wish these titles are so great this 
is my favorite piece on this CD. And it's just, and it's very traditional and direct sounding noise, more so than the sort of cosmic vibes of the previous two tracks, which both those combined are shorter than this one piece. But it it's amazing how contemporary this piece of music sounds. If you told me this was recorded in 2019, it would make perfect sense. Like it's, mm-hmm. it it's doesn't timeless. feel like 1996 noise where maybe the earlier tracks have a bit more of a vibe that's, that's older or not present in the noise world today as much. These, th- this piece is, it's really a timeless classic piece. It sounds completely f- like fresh and stylistically very much in line with what people want to hear today. I feel like, or what, you know, a lot of the noise being made today is, I thought it was really cool to think like, Oh yeah, they, they took the same instrumentation and stuff they're doing on those previous two pieces and then just knocked out this like crumbling massive piece that is, it's so cool. There's so much like cool bass on it. So much weird, weird sound, a lot of weird synth. There's some straight up laser synth on it, which is normally one of those things that I don't go for. And it rules. It's used in like exactly the right context. Mm-hmm. It's perfect here. I, 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 I love every second of this track. Uh, the, it just opened the tunnel opens up to the other side of the cosmic lands. I mean, we just, we're just in it. You just go in and you know, you're in for, you just know you're in for it. And God, it, it, it went so many incredible places. Were you guys thinking about the title too? Like, I wish, like, is it like, I wish everything sounded like this or I wish like I was here or to me, me it was, I wish I was here to me. It was like, I wish this was a place reality and a place like this place we are in, in this half hour track. I wish this was just where I lived. But I thought it was, I could also be like, I wish like sometimes like I wish I could just like bring down that like primordial fire and just like watch everything turn into chaos. This track is fiery. There's so yeah. much like heavy, fiery wind noise, the solar flare vibes, fire of back. the stars. It's, oh God. Yeah, there's, there's also a really kind of heavy low end crunch and crumble and churn to this one that isn't on the previous pieces. Mm-hmm. So you get this spaciness via these kind of like twisting synth sounds and theremin sounds with some reverb on them. And then there's you're you're rooted. You've got this presence where you're like, I'm standing on firm ground in this like strange environment with all this heavy kind of rough noise at the bottom and it's really good and i always ask gray like what the equipment is and i was like is that theremin and and he said i i don't know what anything is yeah i really can't tell what is going on on this one which i love which is like i there's definitely some synth action because there's kind of some of the i would say some of the easiest or like most traditional sounds to make on a synth is when you first sit in one if you're not trying to play some notes or something but make some sound you you turn the lfo up and the filter up and you get that like yeah Whatever sound. Well, I, I, I love whatever he did. I love. No, it's it. great. It's it's just one of those things that's. It's one of those things that you first learn to do. So maybe you move or try to do when you just sit in front of a synth. So maybe you move away from it when you're mm-hmm. more familiar with synths. But it's a great. It can be a great sound. So it's one of those things that I kind of shy away from, or it, it has certain connotations to me when using in my own music. But when I hear someone else do it and do it right, I'm all in. And, you know, Hiroshi, Astro, I mean, it's definitely, you know, those are some sounds I associate with Astro. Yeah. Um, and and what's really cool is kind of, again, going back to my uh, to Mayuka's Banana Fish interview, she kind of talks about 
what what she when you know she the the, the interviewer who by the way the interviewer David Hopkins uh is the uh, uh owner of a uh, public bath uh, records and now public bath press uh public bath of course put out Hanada Rash, Boredom's, uh, ja- J- uh, Japan Bashing. Japan Bashing, yeah. yeah. One so of my cool. early Noise 7-inch yeah. buys, Japan Bashing 3 comp. Yeah, legendary. So he, he's the one interviewing her. Where is it? Do you have it? Yeah, it's in the 7-inch box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Boxes, but yes. <laughs> um, it's actually, it might be out in the stack of stuff we pulled to talk hey, about. Maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe it's coming up for a 7-inch Sunday. You heard it here. How we do things. That one actually <laughs> looks really cool too because it's uh, all the band names are done. We're done in stamps, if I remember. So, yes, so they're yeah, all yeah, stamped yeah. in different colors on oh. it. And it's I was always like, how in the world? You know, not at the time I got it, not knowing how to make stamps <laughs> to stamp my record cover. <laughs> I remember when we would all have stamps made like all the time. Shh, don't give. Yeah. <laughs> But so, but but uh, the interviewer David uh, asked her about listening to noise and and how she listens to noise and if she listens to noise and stuff like that. But I think I think what she has to say is really cool. Oh, I'll read it. I listen to noise when I really want to pay attention, as loud as I can without bothering the neighbors or on the headphones. The performer comes out through noise, so if I want to learn more about somebody, I'll listen to his or her noise. For example, I learned about JoJo and Junko as people by listening to Hijokaiden. That's one of my main reasons for listening to noise. It's for pleasure in a way. So cool. That is so such relatable. a cool sound. So cool. And and it's so true. She just put that in words because it is true. It's like you you feel you're learning about her and and Hiroshi. And you feel like you're learning about these people when you're listening to to CCCC. And this track is that's just the perfect example. This track is that perfect example. It's like you are you're in their world. You're deeper than core up in their brain. Yeah, totally. It's oh god, it's so awesome. No, I heard under this at some point there was a uh, almost like a, when I was trying to figure out where is the bass guitar. There's sort of a motoric like krautrock clicking, driving under all this noise. That when some mm-hmm. of the noise is peeled away, you can get a little bit of this like kind of Germanic metronome. Oh yeah, I there. wrote chugging a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of chugging. It's under there, and <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to identify. I feel like, but it's there. And I was wondering if that was the first time we could hear uh, Nagakubo <laughs> playing his bass. Right. And again, and in the in 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 the uh, box set liner notes, Fumio you know says that if it were you know if you asked him what they played, he would say you know like their own version of German kraut rock or whatever. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, and again, we've discussed <laughs> so that before, good. but I, we, I love that, you know, it's through his filter and this is what he, this is that, that's like his version of what that is. And he also said that Hiroshi Astro uh, gave him his first synth or sold him his or, first or, synth. Or, 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 he, Astro got his first synth from Fumio. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You might've said it right. Yes. <laughs> but yes, I might not have said it. Right. I don't know, but that is true, right? Whatever he, Mike says is more right. <laughs> he was going to play guitar originally, and then when he took, and I think there are some, there is some maybe early stuff where he's playing the guitar. But he, when he got the synth from Fumio, that's when it just opened up and it became the Astro that we know. There's some. There, we 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 got a great interview with Astro too, and there's some there's some uh, amazing. He says some pretty amazing stuff uh, in his interview, uh, and I think. Another great, he has a great kind of thing just about noise in general. Uh, so at noisebeneaththesnow.com, uh, there's a really good interview. Um, and so the question was, do you think there is still much room for innovation for this type of art? And if so, in what direction? And they're discussing noise. And this is only two years ago. So um, it's current. 
Uh, he says, it's sure that many noise artists use similar equipments at glance. But if you look carefully, you'll be able to find various combinations, connections, and arrangements. Of course, the output sounds from them are multifarious. To assume extremely, if the system of the same equipment and setup is there, when the artist to operate are different, the sound created by it will have completely different taste. In short, created sound will reflect something of the creator's personality or consciousness. From such a viewpoint, there's no existence of same sound in a world, and on the other hand, there are still unborn sounds infinitely. Dude. Yes. That's so awesome. I mean, these guys are thinking so just on that, just such a different level. And it's so, uh, just so great to hear. And it's, it just, and it, and again, it just enriches your listening experience when you're listening to CCCC. Oh, my favorite that I thought was really fun. Just like a little quick thing in the Mayuko interview. Um, she says, our CD sold out of 800 copies pretty quickly, but the audience for a live show is usually around 30 when they're asking about the underground noise scene. So I always want to know like what the audience size. So uh, back in the day, you want to go in like what? 98? Early, early, earlier. Oh, well then. 93, 94. Okay. Elbow to elbow with 30 dudes. There you go. <laughs> Same as it ever was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, halfway through this one, it really hits the cosmic zone that the other pieces had, you know, in I wish like, we get uh, some really high blasting tones and it's got that sort of static fallout all around it. You know, it's just got this like kind of crackles. Of oh yeah. Noise. Mm -hmm. like, to me, that was like fires, you know, you know, tiny fires burning, tiny star fires. I was also thinking it sounded like power washing because there was like a certain element of like violent water yeah, that made roaring, me yeah. yeah it made me think of volcanoes like i i mean i get the cosmic but like liquid molten rock volcanoes like maybe power washing the inside of a volcano with magma i don't know something something violent and uh really hot <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, it really does like go somewhere. But I had the washing too. I had again like washing away these, washing away brain garbage. Brain garbage. You know, that's what that's what the CD did to me. I mean, I was just we were so tuned into it. I think when we were listening to it, um, you had your eyes closed unless you were writing something down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you think, were there. I mean, I yeah. think that's just that's how I really, really like to experience. Noise and especially CCC. Well, especially this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but watching them, watching the live, I can't wait to watch the video. Yeah, yeah. It's. I see in this banana fish. There's an ad for the dude, live at Club Fuck. There video. is. There's an amazing endorphin factory ad next to the interview that looks so cool. Banana fish is fun to read. Everybody. Oh, if we haven't, if we didn't, ex if we didn't <laughs> we express that, that enough? enough, yeah. <laughs> Mayuko Hino is a leader of CCCC and also 78 to 84 is Japanese ex-porno movie star. Yeah, see, like, they, yeah, so they, that was, like, what she was known for. So a selling point, yeah. <laughs> uh, Buzo and Noise live performance with Hiroshi Hasegawa, CCCC, and Mortal Vision. So, and this is uh, 93 at Club Fuck in L.A., which I actually uh, figured out where it was. Oh, we can talk about that in the Club Fuck episode. Well, though, huh? we could tell. We, what, say, you could tell you people. You can reveal. You can tell people where it was. Yeah, so Club Fuck was like a party at Le Barcito, which is in Silver Lake, actually a, like a block from the record store I used to work at. And 
uh, was called the Black Cat back before that, which was the site of a in the in like 1967 a big uh, like gay rights riot because they were constantly raiding. It was a, it was a gay oh, yeah. bar. They were constantly raiding the bar and uh, being rather brutal, the police back then. So uh, sort of like a, a landmark place in like uh, queer nightlife, I guess. Uh, it is now a restaurant and bar also named the Black Cat. And I used to DJ brunch there. So, uh, <laughs> in the, in the same On was, the same foundation. W- w- was there any wax still on the floor? Or? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't find any of that, unfortunately. Oh, man. But, but, uh, but yeah, so, so. It's funny. It's like a local, you know, place in Silver Lake to think of like Mike Ohino. This video I'm watching yeah. is of her performing. That ah, is really cool. So, so cool. And, and you know, it, it's just so. She just has, she's, she kind of operates just on such another level, especially with her reasoning for doing this, kind of like that quote Tara was talking about, just kind of taking herself to the other side. And she was so, she just was so tuned in and far ahead. One of the other great things in the banana fish interview is she, it's, it's, it's actually kind of like a, a little, just part of the interview. She discusses how we had, we we're in this giant information boom. And this is like 90 you know, this this issue is probably ninety four, right? Is is I don't I didn't see a date anywhere, but I think it's ninety four. Um, we're in this information boom, but at the same time, the information is being more controlled, and I think it's like that is just <laughs> accelerated into two thousand nineteen. But back in ninety four, she saw that coming, and I just think it just again, just kind of highlighting how just how she's just operating on another level, uh, and it's just so cool. Astro had a also really, I think a great quote, maybe even like this could be like a, this is, this could be a, a you know, an, an inspirational quote. It could be a t-shirt. To, to, to knit, to knit, you know, maybe uh, knitted and put it on the wall. But I think this is so cool. Just kind of talking about, you know, who, who, who listens to noise and, and what, you know, what kind of people listen to noise and, you know, Tara's got the interview. Why am I even, why am I even so uh, he says, blabbering? I know many foreign people regard Japan as a center of unique noise music culture, but in fact, in Japan, it's very rare that noise is recognized as a culture, a music genre or a study subject. It's just regarded as bad taste music for maniac people. Bad taste music for maniac people. I love it. Yes, dude. How great is that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that. But I also do love that, too. Like, you know, especially when we were all, uh, you know, getting into noise and, you know, Japan was the, you know, the noise mecca and still in, in a lot of ways is. But most you know like it's still even in japan is it's regarded as you know <laughs> low art you yeah. know what i mean like uh, you know especially uh you know when they were doing their thing in the 90s but even even to this day but maybe it is just bad taste music for maniac people <laughs> <laughs> he does qualify and say in some european countries it can be recognized as a culture and academic aspects but at the same time bad taste music maniac people <laughs> perfection yeah i think i think that's uh i think i can relate to to what he has to say there <laughs> i think i'm gonna throw on amplified crystal a little bit later on and jam that Ooh. one yeah yeah i mean really any cccc is 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 worth jamming amplified crystal um chaos is the cosmos is a live set from the from the mid 90s that came out the, the cd came out in the mid 2000s um again her newest solo record, Luna Solar. That's cannot, going on too. Cannot recommend it enough. And of course, Love and Noise. I mean, 
wow, it's this this the CD is going to take you to a different place that other noise CDs don't take you to, and I think that's I think that's worthy enough to just go throw that on right now. It's such an incredible special noise album. I think it's noise. It's love. It's love and noise. You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara Connolly, here with Mike Connolly and Gray Holger. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. Thank you. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise extra.com, one E in all of those, and on Twitter at noise extra with three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.